0: Hello everybody and a warm namaste to you all. You are listening to Chaitali Gangurte and we are going to dive into the past today. Precisely into the beautiful, astounding Victorian era. We hear the word Victorian and our brain imagines a society with a classy, royal style of living that is full of culture, heritage, dances, paintings and so on. But did you know that the Victorians are called hypocrites? Did you know that they were obsessed with death? The Victorians were extremely scared of dying through poison murder. The Victorian ladies had deadly makeup standards and they literally wore deadly. Well, all kinds of fun and interesting questions must be popping in your head right now and all of them will be answered in this podcast. Let us begin first by knowing about the basics of Victorian era. What is Victorian era and what is it most known for? Victorian era in British history is the period approximately between 1820 and 1914, corresponding roughly but not exactly to the period of Queen Victoria's reign, and characterized by a class-based society, a growing number of people to vote, a growing state and economy, and Britain's status as the most powerful empire in the world. It was the time of the world's first industrial revolution, political reform, social change, Charles Dickens, Charles Darwin, and a railway boom, the first telephone, and the first telegraph. These actually summed the era up as they were the most noteworthy things to happen during it. Who was Queen Victoria and why is she important? She was the Queen of United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland and Empress of India from 1876 to 1901. She was the matriarch of the British Empire and she ruled for a long 63 years. The second longest term a British monarch has ruled. The first woman being current queen, Queen Elizabeth II. She presided over the social and industrial transformation of Britain as well as the expansion of empire. Moving on to the more fun questions. Definitely starting with Victorian fashion, what did the graceful and well mannered Victorians dress like? Now, women's fashion changed a lot through the Victorian decades. The fashion of the 19th century is renowned for its corsets, bonnets, top hats, bustles and petticoats. Women's fashion during the Victorian period was largely dominated by full skirts which gradually moved to the back of the silhouette. Skirts widened as the hourglass silhouette became the more popular look, and women took to wearing layers of petticoats. Every item of clothing bought had to be made especially for the person. With men, once of school age, they wore suits or short trousers and jackets with a cap. Sailor suits were also fashionable. According to the Gentleman's Book of Etiquette, the first rule of guidance for the 1860s Victorian gentleman in matters of clothing. Is let the dress suit the occasion. Along with the coat, men also wore waistcoats or vests. For morning purposes, men wore a morning coat with light colored trousers, and in the evening, a dark coat with trousers was preferred. To complete the dress coat, hats were usually worn. By 1850, men wore shirts with high collars and a bow. Victorian men wore a top hat, whilst poor men wore caps. Another good rule for the dressing room, while the gentleman is engaged in dressing, he gives his whole attention to it. He sees that every detail is perfect and that each article is neatly arranged. From the curl of his hair to the tip of his boot, let all be perfect in its arrangement. But as soon as one left leaves the mirror, he must forget his clothing. Nothing gives evidence of a dandy more decidedly than to see a man always fussing about his dress. Next question. How did they speak during the Victorian times? Now much of the Victorian English was extremely proper. The English spoke exactly as the literature was written. Very proper, often deep thinking and with only slight slang. The slang terms they used were quite different from what we would use today but our slang spans across whole sentences. Overall, their English was extremely proper but very easy to understand by today's standard. The Victorian society valued a very classy style of living. They valued good manners and etiquettes. The society then followed a lot of rules when it came to behaving in any kind of group or public settings. Some are followed even today while most may sound weird and outdated now. Let's talk about these etiquettes. The Victorians believed that anyone with bright red hair and a florid complexion should marry someone with jet black hair. The very corpulent should marry the thin and spare, and the body-wiry, cold-blooded should marry the round-featured, warm-hearted, and emotional types. Basically, they believed in opposite energies, attract, and balance. it out. It was considered impolite for a woman to raise her voice. While yelling still isn't is the most polite way of speaking, women are now allowed to speak in whatever tone of voice they'd like. Women who stand up for themselves still receive a lot of hate, both online and in person, so maybe not that much has changed. Laughing was no laughing matter. Nowadays, it's considered a compliment to laugh loudly at somebody else's joke. It's a sign that you think someone is funny, right? Back in the Victorian era, laughing loudly by either men or women was considered inappropriate and rude. Basically, it was impolite to show emotions of any sort. The party didn't end until the guest of honor left. Now, guests were expected to stay at a party until the guest of honor left. If you leave before the guest of honor, you would be considered very rude. Just imagining how much time we would lose today, just to stay till the guest of honor stays stresses me out. What do you think? Next, it's perfectly acceptable for a bride to have married bridesmaids. What was not acceptable then, was for a bridesmaid to be older than the bride. So, it would be absurd for a single and aged lady to be a bridesmaid. <laughs> Keep thinking why. There were strict rules when it came to sitting down to even have a meal at a dining table. The ladies would always sit down before the men. It would be very rude for a man to sit down before all of the ladies were seated. Also men who wore gloves had to take off their gloves before they sat down. Women however would keep their gloves on while sitting and take them off after they were seated. Rules about Gift Giving a woman is permitted to give a man a gift unless he gave her one first. So, when it came to the kinds of gifts men could give women, the options were pretty limited. For example, flowers were allowed and so were books and candy. Once a woman received a gift, she could give one back, but this one had to be inexpensive or handmade. Different chairs for different genders. <laughs> you heard that right. Men's chairs had arms and were more comfortable and wide. And women's chairs had no arms and were straight back because women had to sit up straight. Now you can't anyway really do anything but sit up straight while you are wearing a super tight corset, isn't it? Moving on, here's a slight twist. Just like the words apple and pie and cherry and cake go together, so do the words Victorian and hypocrisy. Yes, so this term is a legit one and is also called as the Victorian Compromise or Victorian Contradiction. Why? Let us find out. Now, hundreds of historians argue about whether it was a golden age with large happy families, the way it was described in Dickens' Christmas Carol or rather reality was to a twist all over, cunning and exploiting. Maybe it was just as idyllic as country life in Jane Austen's novels where the most crucial problem for upper and upper middle class young ladies was to find their perfect husband and the same young ladies treated each other in a rather hypocritical way. Victorian age is full of contradictions the comfortable life of the upper classes versus the exploited, miserable working class who lived in workhouses and where children were used to clean chimneys and women were employed in factories, merry life in stately homes of the countryside and the poverty-stricken life of torn-apart working families in slums and women being given utmost respect but expected to stay restricted to their households all their lives. I've only just touched the surface with these dark Victorian contradictions. The 17th and 18th century was called the Dark Ages for a reason, in fact for many reasons. So I'm gonna tell you about some very interesting but strange and creepy Victorian practices that you probably never knew about. The Victorians were obsessed with death sounds weird but it makes sense when you consider the variety of diseases that stalked the victorians like measles, scarlet fever, diphtheria, rubella, typhus and cholera those very real threats and sense of loss led people to keeping memento mori that is latin for remember you must die trinkets like locks of hair and photos of the dead Children sat with their dead parents to take photographs, and parents held their dead children to get photographs. You get the idea. Some photos even showed faces with open eyes that were painted right on the photo. If you've ever seen any Victorian period piece, you've seen the adorable but filthy children that lived in the streets, picking pockets and causing a general sort of trouble. The plight of orphan children was actually very real. Well, the philanthropist took up the course, including Miss Annie MacPherson. She came up with some schools to teach the kids useful skills, but the problem soon became overwhelming. So she changed gears and became a champion of the disturbing piece of emigration. So basically kids were pulled off the streets and out of workhouses to be shipped overseas to British colonies many ended up labouring as farm help or working as domestic servants. Now, being killed with poison plotting was a nightmare for Victorian people. This fear was driven partly by obsessive newspaper coverage of sensational poisoning cases and partly because of the literature that promoted or somewhere showed this uh, murderous side of people. It also played perfectly upon the anxieties of the age. Thanks to the lax regulations of the era, deadly poisons were easily available to wives, servants, and even children. Did you really trust your doctor? And what if your good friend with the heavy gambling losses had taken out an insurance policy on your life? The very public places that created this perception there was a vast poison murder problem as well as inspiring the occasional copycat murderer. Divorce also wasn't allowed in England until the matrimonial causes of Act of 1857. But people have been having marital difficulties for as long as they've been getting married, right? Since you couldn't just sign some papers and be on your merry way, people needed to find another way out. As a result, wife-selling became a completely legitimate way to get out of a marriage and it continued well through the 19th century, particularly in rural Britain. (sighs) Well, most of our fun facts are done with, except a final one. Like I promised you in the very beginning about strange, deadly beauty standards. Now they might change from generation to generation, but Victorian beauty routines read like something out of a chemistry book, literally, specifically the part near the back where they list all the stuff that'll kill you. Harper's Bazaar ran a column called the Ugly Girl Papers or Hints for the Toilet. It offered practical beauty advice, but today we recognize it as being insanely dangerous. White skin was all the rage and women achieved that by washing their faces with ammonia and then covering them with lead-based paint. And don't you think you could get away with ongoing bare faced at night? Because in order to keep that fresh-faced look, the column suggested rubbing some opium on before bed. For those who were really committed, Sears and Robux sold a product called Dr. Campbell's Safe Arsenic Complexion Wafers. Yes, it was arsenic, and yes, women were instructed to eat them. If you were lucky enough to have thin eyebrows and eyelashes, then a nightly smear of mercury could help you with thickening those. And speaking of eyes, uh, watery eyes were all the rage too, for some reason. To achieve that watery eyed look, women would use lemon juice, perfume, belladonna as eye drops. The latter of course caused blindness, but people have been suffering for beauty for ages now. Anyway, with this we have reached the end of our podcast today. I was very excited about Victorian era and it was a very very interesting, pleasant experience researching on this topic and on these particular questions that had me really curious. The more I got to know about it, the more curious I was to dig deeper into it and so I tried my best to accumulate every single bit of interesting facts into this one. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and see you again with another interesting topic.